Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Gulista peshada bisaya fagal hai. Gulista peshada bisaya fagal hai. Umido ki nikhat bahare. Eight minutes after eleven. South African time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful, cold, windy Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. I see our beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. He is definitely indeed in a good mood. Him and uh, brother Dawood Mota. Uh, they will be with me from now till 12 o'clock, inshallah. I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal, and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal in company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Remember our WhatsApp number, 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, Plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Today is the ninth of Dhul Hijjah, fourteen forty four, which is also the twenty eighth of June, twenty twenty three. It is today the day of Arafat here in South Africa. Well, let's go and cross over live to our beloved. Honorable, respected, senior Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Manana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafizahullah. I don't know where he is at the moment. Maybe he's still in Isipingo. So let's wait and hear from him, Ustad. Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We are still here in Isipingo Beach. Insha'Allah, Aziz, this afternoon, we will leave from Ispingo Beach to Port Shepston. Tonight is our program day, Insha'Allah, in Port Shepston, Elbersville, where Mon Imran Khamisa is after Isha, and a live, will be live program, Insha'Allah, Aziz, on Sirius FM, Radio Ansar International, and Marqas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wa Jama'ah, Insha'Allah. And second announcement is between 1 and 2 today, the tafsir will continue as normal from, you know, in Surah Baqarah. And then 1.30 to 2, that Allah made it such, you know, I didn't plan it or something. So we were doing tafsir from the archives. So yesterday, Surah An-Nas got finished. And today will be the Khatmuku Quran Dua that we made on the last Thursday of Ramadan Mubarak. So that dua you can listen to today, inshallah, between 1.30 and 2. And tomorrow morning, inshallah, eat day, our brother Junaid Mota, Junaid Khan, and Dawood Mota will also be there, inshallah. So they will be there in the studio, and myself, I'll be here in Poshepstan. Then in the morning, 10 past 5 to 20 to 6, inshallah, we'll do the program. 
5.10 to 5.40, inshallah, because Salat day for Eid day is early, people want to go back and come back for the Eidgah. So inshallah, remember that, that tomorrow morning, 5.10 to 5.40, the program will be inshallah, Aziz with Junaid Khan and myself. And inshallah, then the Eid Salat and Eid Bayan and all that will be live also from Poshepston tomorrow, inshallah, Aziz. So 10 to 7, inshallah, the Bayan, the lecture will start. And 7.15 will be the lecture. So just make a note of all these points. And inshallah, Allah will make it easy for everybody. Let's go to standard time, Ustad. There's a listener saying here that, Mufti AK, can a girl make a choice between three proposals? Or does she have to wait for the boy's response? Standard time, Ustad. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, <laughs> Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Islam taught us hukukullah and hukukul ibad, the rights and obligations of Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla and the rights and obligations and hukuk of human being. So when we study what Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us, So here you need to understand two terminology. Today is a nikah. I am performing a nikah of somebody. For example, I'm just giving. So that day, the sermon and all that that we recite is called the khutbah. For example, tomorrow Eid, there's a khutbah, a sermon. Friday, Jummah, there's a khutbah, is a sermon. So you have khutbah to nikah. And when you are still negotiating and so forth, and you're not sure whether the answer is in a positive or negative, that you call a khutbah, with a kasra on the kha, a zair on the kha, khutbah. So he, Habibuna, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi taught us that when you are having a proposal, then don't allow other proposals to come and so forth. So if the first person proposed, so you, the girl and the girl's family, you must discuss it and so forth. That, not that now you say second one comes, third one comes, fourth one comes and all that, <coughs> and you're keeping all of them hanging. That's not right then. So you must take it one by one. So the first one came, you make mashura. If it is for, uh, positive in the affirmative, you tell them yes. If it's not, then tell them no. Then you take the second one, third one, and so forth. So I think the way the question is posed here is like this lady here. Maybe she's very beautiful or very pious or very rich or Allah alone knows whatever the circumstances are. So they're sitting with three proposals. So it means they're allowing more proposals to come. So in a case like this, now that it was wrong, you must make tawbah for that also. And now just make istikhara and don't allow more to come now and make mashura with your parents and discuss it and consult them. Then whichever one, your parents and you are happy, accept that. And then tell the other two that, sorry, things didn't work out. But try and expedite it, not to keep them waiting, waiting, and waiting. That's also wrong. It's not a hadith, but it's a saying in Arabic to say, so far, so far, so far, so far means delay, 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 all that. And that also is from Satan and Lucifer. So we should always take the Islamic etiquettes and ethics into consideration. 
So, Ustad, can, can a non-Muslim be forced to revert, to marry a Muslim boy? Anonymous, Ustad. Remember that for Quran Sharif, I tell you, there is AK-47, the gun. So, we got a more powerful verse and ayat in a noble Quran, AK, Aital Kursi, 255. So you must remember, you go to chapter 2, Surah Baqarah, and verse 256. So just immediately after Aital Kursi, all Allah answers and says, La ikraha fiddin. There is no compulsion in religion for non-Muslims. You can't tell that male or that female that you're going to put the gun at your head or the sword on your neck and you must embrace Islam and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. So that is the first issue. So Islam does not allow that. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, ya Rabbil Alameen. You see our brothers, brother Ibrahim Anderson here in Durban and our brother Abdullah Van Veik and all that day in Gauteng. So all of them, they bring in people and they also embrace Islam so they know the Bible and so forth. And then these people embrace Islam lovingly, willingly, sincerely. So that is what Islam is all about. Now the issue is this. One party is Muslim. The other party is non-Muslim. The male is Muslim and the lady is non-Muslim. Can you force her? No, you can't force her. And you can't marry her. Quran Sharif is there. Surah 2, chapter 2, verse 221. You can't marry non-Muslims, remember, the females, until and unless they embrace and accept Iman and Islam. It must be done willingly, lovingly, not insincerely, not from the tip of the tongue and so forth. On the day of the nikah, the marriage, the Muslim, and after that, they don't practice anything. They don't really believe in it. So that type of nikah also is not correct. Second one is there's the lady. She's Muslima, and the boy, the male, remember, he is non-Muslim. So you present Islam to him, but if you don't want to accept it, you can't put the gun at his head and say that. And for her to marry him, totally haram. In all cases and all circumstances. In fact, if she says it's permissible, she'll be out of the fold of Islam. Surah 660 and verse number 10. So they are not halal, the Muslim woman, for any non-Muslim whether it's a Jew, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, atheist, whatever. And walahum yahilluna lahun, and they, the non-Muslim men, are not permissible for the Muslim lady. The, this is now the result of something else. That is what we must look at. <laughs> you, the parents, you gave your daughters so much freedom. So Quran Sharif states, your sons also, so much freedom. Quran Sharif states, Surah 66, verse 6, Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu, ku anfusakum wa ahalikum nara, save yourself and your children from the fire. So what is that teaching us? So that is teaching us, we must remember, that each one of us needs to wake up and be responsible. So we allow our daughter to go to the mall, to go and drive, go to varsity, go to school, go here alone and here and there and everywhere. Then now she meets somebody, she meets Paul, then Peter, they at the mall, she met Paul. And now they say they want to get married. You see, so what is the, the biggest problem is the parents 
are shirking their responsibilities. So now our brother, he wants to get married to Eve. He wants to get married to some other non-Muslim lady. But remember that she is non-Muslim, so she'll make your children also non-Muslim. Can't you use your brains and intelligence? So think properly and don't ever compel anybody. You must become Muslim because that type of Islam will not last. After one week, one month, one year, they'll say no. They don't want to be. So you are, when we choose the spouse, the, 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 when we choose the spouse, so remember that it must be based first, first, without it deen. It must be based on the aqidah, on the belief structure of the person, on the taqwa and piety. Then the mal and jamal and beauty and wealth and hasab and the family and all that. So that are the teachings of Islam. So, so what's, what's the best age to get married, Ustad? Remember the hadith in Bukhari Sharif, Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ya Ma'ashara Shabab, oh you group of youth, so now you are 17, 18, 19, 20, like that. So get married. You got the financial means, you got the physical means. So get married as soon as possible. So remember that is, it will lower your gaze and and it will protect your private part. So you chose. Today you see people, they just park anywhere, park in the parking lot, park in the loading zone. They don't know, don't they? they don't know, they don't want to know that fornication is a major, major sin. A hundred lashes must be given to both parties in mm. public. Surah 24, verses 2 and 3. And then you see adultery is a death penalty. Leave non-Muslim. How many Muslims are involved? Allah protect us always on this Mubarak day of 9th of Zul Hijjah. Yeah, it is Arafat for us. So read Allahumma Hassin Farji. Allahumma, oh beloved Allah, Hassin Ha Sword Noon Farji with a Ya in the end. Ya Allah protect and fortify my private path. Hadith in Mustad Ahmad. So therefore, we need to be very, very careful and circumspect in this regard. Look at Mustafa, <laughs> Habibuna, Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidah Fatima, Radiallahu Anha, her nikah, to Sayyidah Ali, Radiallahu An, after the Battle of Badr, in the second year of the Hijrah, during the month of Ramadan, and in the last ten days of Ramadan. So what do we see? Let's say, Sayyidah Fatima, she is Fatima to Sayyidah to Nisai Ahlil Jannah, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. She is the leader of the women in Jannah and Paradise. How old was she when her beloved daughter, when Nabi Sallallahu beloved daughter got married? Fifteen years, five months. So fifteen and a half years, we say. So imagine then she got married. And third year, Sayyidina Hassan Radiallahu was born. Fourth year, Sayyidina Hussain Radiallahu Ta'ala and whose Milad Mubarak honorable birth took place. So we see from there that is Islam. Because today when these youngsters, 18, 19, 20, they're bursting with energy and so forth, and their desires have reached the peak. So now if we're not going to get them married, then they get busy with other vices. They will be busy with the porn sites. They will be busy with girlfriend. They'll be busy with boyfriend. They will be busy masturbating and what and what. So all these things are haram and not permissible in Islam. So therefore, Islam said, the problem with us is something else again, that we already say no. 
how can I get married now? If I speak to a youngster, you'll say, how can I get married now? I don't have a fridge, I don't have a stove, I don't have a freezer, I don't have a microwave, I don't have a double bed, and what and what? So remember, you start with a simple nikah. Inna a'adaman nikahi baraka aysaruhu ma'una. That verily the most, the greatest of nikah, as far as baraka blessings go, is aysaruhu ma'una, where there is the minimum expenditure, and that is our hadith mentioned in Mishkat Sharif. Today, just for the wedding, I know of people who spend one, two, three, five, ten million. Hmm. And all just to show off, we know that brother, sister, that they got their daughter married day in Dubai and so forth, and now they go, Allah alone knows, he's still in jail or what or what. So many upside down things we do, so we must be clear on that. So keep your children chaste and keep your children pure. Therefore, the dua in the Quran, chapter 3, verse 38, Rabbi Habli. Nabi Zakaria alayhi salam's dua. Ya Allah, grant me from your side such offspring that are pure and chaste. In nakasami'ud dua. Verily, Ya Allah, you are the one who listens to the dua and supplications. Mm. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Let's go to Saudi Ustad. Uh, a woman whose husband is very sick and he's weak and he's unable to pelt. Is it permissible for her? to go alone or with some ladies to pelt for herself and her husband. Ustad. If that husband for real is very, very sick, oh, you must remember he can't even walk, he's not mobile and so forth and so on. And really the doctors say that no, that this person has to stay in bed and so forth. Then she must go with a group of ladies. First she will pelt on her behalf. Remember, like today you only pelt a big shaitan and thereafter the sacrifice and slaughtering, and thereafter the trimming of the hair, cutting of the hair for the ladies. You just take all your hair together, you do it yourself, you don't have to worry of anybody in your room, for example, where there's no strange man, and then you just turn it around your little finger, and then you cut the hair, and after you pelt it for yourself, there's no dua, remember big shaitan, any day, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, so then you pass for your husband if that is the case. But if it is just he got slight headache and slight dust and all that, tell him there's a soccer match, tell him there is a special in the shop, tell him there's then the first one there, then obviously he must go himself. If he can't manage walking properly, then you put in a wheelchair. How many people we put in a wheelchair and took them there? And then they pelt it, and you go this afternoon to pelt a certain time or so. It's empty, empty. So you must remember, because people are just rushing to come out of Ihram today. So the time day in Saudi currently will be 12.30, so this Zohar time there. So majority of the people already pelted, and now they are busy with the sacrificing, shaving their hair and all that for the men. Others are going to Mecca to perform the Wafu Ziyara. So if that person can manage and he can go, so put in a wheelchair mm. and then he pulls and so forth and so on. We should not be looking for excuses, remember that. We should try and do the actions, remember. One hajj, then my gout, you know, it attacked me. And you know gout, how painful it can be. So we should cry, make dua to Allah, make it easy. And then everything came right and so forth and so on. So I know of people that I pushed them myself, you must remember, my mother, mother mother-in-law, all of them. 
and we took them, you must remember, and they parroted themselves and so forth. So that is the spirit. Try and do it yourself. Don't look for loopholes and don't look for bahana. Today people, now they already saw Mina, so now they don't want to come back to Mina. I already got questions today, so I don't want to go back there. I'll stay in Azizia and I'll just come back and go back. It's not permissible, all mm-hmm. that. So what, you went for holiday or honeymoon or what? This is Hajj. You must do things properly. Quran, Kareem states, In kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni. Follow me, Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, immaculately, if you love Almighty Allah. Mm. Then, Yuhbibkumullah, you become the beloved of Almighty Allah, and your sins will get forgiven. Regarding Umrah, regarding Hajj, the Master, alayhi salatu salam, said, Direct commandment to me and you, if you are there, khuzu anni manasikakum. Take from me your actions and deeds of Hajj and Umrah. So it's not a holiday or a honeymoon. We must know this is the journey of love. We display and we 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 display our love to Almighty Allah and expose our love to Almighty Allah Jalla wala. So that is the true ashik. That is the true lover. So that is our advice. And Allah Taala give all the hajis. You know, it's very hot there, 45 degrees in midsummer. So you get people then who sometimes get dehydrated and people get flu and people get thirst and a lot of things happens. So they're not used to it, but we must try our level best. Allah Taala make it easy. I see a listener says that, uh, uh, but to start. Uh, all girls, they want a rich husband, and the boys want beautiful girls. So it's hard to find suitable partners, as everybody has too many expectations to start. Remember, we have to rephrase that question. That's wrong, that what you said. You can't say all girls want rich husbands. So that's wrong. So it means that all the women want. It's wrong. You can say majority or many. Similarly, you can't say all men just want beautiful women, whether they got brains or no brains, or whether they got piety or not. You must say majority or many. You can't be now, you know, just painting everybody with the same brush. So you need to be but careful there. You can't just use the word all. To use the word all, that's wrong in that text and context. So let's just rectify the question also. So that is because we ourselves, you must remember, are spoiled, you must remember, from the young age, today Muslim girl, if you look at, so she's not prepared for marriage because the parents have spoiled her to such an extent so many a time. She can't cook, she can't wash, she can't bake, she can't do ironing, so many basic things she can't do and so forth. Whereas if you look at our time, so the mothers used to ensure everything, the daughter by the age of 15, 16, she knew she knew how to cook, she knew how to bake, she knew how to iron, she knew how to sew, she knew how to nut, all that. And today it's not like that. So who is to blame for that? But they bring the credit card, bring the debit card, then they'll be in the first uh, shopping mm. every day, they'll be busy. So that's the case of misguided people. Remember, the parents are also to blame. And remember that uh, the children, the daughters or sons are also to be blamed. Not only daughters, sons also. So they just want smart, smart cars and dust and all this type of thing. But to go work and earn the money, they don't want. So majority of the cases. 
So therefore, that type of marriages, then always this problem, because the expectations, the artificial intelligence, they call nowadays AI. So yeah, we call it artificial value system. So we think that that excessive wealth, or that beauty, or that handsomeness, and that will bring the grief, the joy. No. The, the piety and the character and the correct belief, that will bring the me, that will be the ingredients of success and prosperity as far as we Muslims are concerned. And that is mentioned in Quran Sharif. That is mentioned in Sunnah Mubarakah. And if you look at the Salaf Ali, the pious people, Abdullah Mubarak, Rahimahullah, so how his father got married and so forth. Then the son was born, Abdul Mubarak. What a genius, what a giant. Pirani Pir, Hazrat Sina, Sheikh Abdul Qadir, Jilani, Nawarullah, go and study about his parents and so forth. So always piety was the criteria, and Allah blessed them with such children that not only were coolness of the eyes, but they became the coolness of other people's eyes, that they brought them to Islam, they made them such great Muslims that remember till today, we remember their contribution and to Islam and their legacy. So that is the main criteria. Let's go to Phoenix, Ustad. I was told that Muslim females are not allowed to wear nail polish, but I was not given a reason why. Is it permissible or not for Muslim women to wear nail polish, Ustad? Not permissible. I want to pose one question to you, my sister. When you apply nail polish, now is Zohar time just now, quarter past twelve, half past twelve, one o'clock, you want to read Zohar Salat. And now you're going to make wudu. Will that water go through that nail polish? It doesn't go through it. Then you want to take a gusel after your menses and that. So the water will not go through. So it means your wudu is not valid. Your gusel is not valid. Your salat is not valid. So tomorrow you die. Now we, the ladies have to give you a gusel. They have to bathe you. They can bring some machine and some gadget and remove that there. So even when you die, so your gusel will not be done properly. You see, my sister in Phoenix or wherever you are, you must understand that what happens is this, that the Muslim ummah today, male, female, adult, and children, we don't say all, but we'll say majority, they suffer from the inferiority complex, you must remember, that they say white is right and West is the best. So when a nation mimics and imitates a non-Muslim culture, that is a recipe for disgrace and that's a recipe for disaster. Look at the Muslim countries. Look at the Arab countries. Instead of teaching them Islam, they get so influenced by the non-Muslim culture that everything the non-Muslims do, they just want to imitate and emulate. So that is where the problem comes about. Hmm. Somebody says, you start that... Um... Is it part of uh, Sharia law for a woman to sit in Iddat at the in-law's house once she has been given talaq three times, Ustad? Remember that when the husband gave his wife three talaq, so according to Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanafis, Hanbalis, all three talaqs are valid. Any sheikh or any organization or Mawlana or Mufti who says the three talaqs are one, we condemn him and we say that organization are leading people astray. There is ijma and ittifaq and consensus according to the four schools. So first issue is that. Then the question arises, you must remember that where will this lady sit for the iddat? 
So remember, she will sit for the idad there where the husband is not there. So she and the husband, this ex-husband now, they can't be living in the same house under the same roof and that after three talaq because now they are total strangers for one another. So if he, the husband, goes away and says that he wouldn't be staying there and she stays with her father-in-law, mother-in-law, so that is still acceptable because the father-in-law remains a mahram forever. And remember, if she says she's going to her parents' place and all that, because he, the husband, don't want to, then he must still maintain her and sustain her for that period of the it that all the expenses must be paid by him. So it shows this is how the checks and balances have been made, remember. So in the khulasa, the summary of the whole thing is that wherever you are spending your idtet sister who are divorced with three talaqs, so you must remember that you cannot go and stay in the same house, the same uh, dwelling, under the same roof where you and your ex-husband are there. So in the same place, that is not permissible, not and for obvious reasons, obviously. Hmm. We said I've got somebody from Azadville and they're saying that uh, ask Mufti Sab at what age should a child begin sleeping on their own in their own room? Our daughter is only 10 years old, but uh, uh, my husband says it's fine. She can sleep uh, in the same bed with dad. Remember totally haram that is. So number one, what your husband is saying, today the ummah just takes their own decisions based on ignorance and so forth. Hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, he Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that allimuhum in the sub'in, teach them about salat and so forth and so on. At the age of seven, wadribuhum alayha in the ashar. At the age of ten, you must discipline them, hit them. So if they're not reading Salat, even though Salat may not be compulsory, so they must know the importance of Salat. And you must separate their beds, you must remember, the boy and the girl, the daughter and the father, the son and the mother, and all that when they reach the age of seven. And at the age of ten, that is compulsory. You must separate them. Why? Because the daughter remembered in Islam, the earlier she gets pregnant, uh, sorry, the, the earlier, I'm thinking of the schools and all that today. So the earlier she gets baligha, so you must remember, she be attains and obtains the age of puberty, is at the age of nine. You don't see today in the schools that how many girls in the nine, ten, eleven, they're all pregnant already. Mm. Not one, two, thousands and thousands go here to Natal, go there to Gauteng, Go there to the major and see who impregnated them, the teacher, the principal, the other students. That is your, it's not your school and university. These are brothels now. These are brothels that the people are running. Remember that. That is the Western education. You, you go and see the statistics yourself and see. So that is why for you to sleep with your daughter 10 years old is haram that. And you must remember this, that even if she's not Bali, still is not permissible. And remember that the earliest the boy attains and obtains the age of puberty is when he's 12 years old. And that is when he gets ihtilam, that he just sees suddenly there's a map of something, some place, some country, whatever, then our son <laughs> is Bali and mature. So we must take all this into uh, consideration. And especially nowadays, where the youngsters got access to cell phones and internet and everything, sometimes they know more than the parents and all that. So because the sharpshooters would eat and so forth. 
So therefore, in this day and this age, you must separate immediately today. Your master, she must go sleep in a separate room. Mm. She can't be sleeping there with the father and so forth. If the daughter or the sleeping with the mother, if it's a son and they're 10 years old and above, not permissible. Well, let's go to Johannesburg. Uh, a listener is saying that uh, why are Shia Muslims not considered suitable for marriage with Sunnis? We know the boy's family and the boy grew with us, uh, the Shia boy Ustad. So you must remember we have to again rephrase that question. Your question is why are Shia Muslims? Since when Shia are Muslims? Shia are the Pakka, Kufar, 100% non-Muslim. So you must remember, if somebody swears in Aisha radiallahu anha, they curse Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu anha, the honorable wives of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, and so forth. Allah ta'ala says, Ya Nisa and Nabi, Lastunnat ahadim minan nisa. There's no one in the world that is equal to you. But these shayateen, these kuffar, shias, they cursing them. They curse, they reject the ayat surah 24, verse 26, where Allah Ta'ala exonerates as Siddiqah, say the Aisha, and say she's totally innocent. And Ulaika Mubarra'una Mimma Yaqulun, chapter 24, verse 26, they reject Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, and, and remember they say that Sayyidina Ali is the first Khalifa. They're rejecting surah 9, verse 40. And they are rejecting Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Usman, so they are rejecting chapter 9, verse 40. Show me, uh, sorry, Surah 9, verse 100, Surah 9, verse 100, they are rejecting. Show me one thing where we agree with the Shias. Our Kalima is different, our Azan is different, our Salat is different, our fasting is different, the Hajj also is different, 40,000 Shias came. So because MBS wants them to come because he's Murtad bin Shaitan himself and Al-Khabitha to Al-Khabithin, both parties Khabith impure. So show me you don't know anything about Shiaism. They will make your children and they'll make muta with you. Let me give you three other reasons. And you send me, you know, remember on my number, I'm here in Durban and so forth, Springo Beach today in Port Shepston. So today, tonight, or tomorrow, I'll send it to you, 071-888-1184, two, three weeks ago, that we took all the Shia books, you must remember, that will be easy for people to understand, Khomeini la'anahullah, that is dispatched to Jahannam and the hellfire, he says that I can never enter Jannah where Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman are and so forth. So that's why you won't enter Jannah. He says you, must, you can make muta prostitution for one hour. They gave me these books. The Kufar Shias gave me the book. And he writes, you must remember in Tahrirul Wasila, you can do bestiality. A person committing, you must remember, bestiality with an animal and then burn the animal or you sell it in another town and so forth. Then Khomeini writes, you must remember that you can, you know, besides this muta, all these things, then you can do this, uh, you know what they call the Shias, that about the Khilafat business. So they say Sayyidina Ali is the first and so forth. So many examples we gave there, you must remember. Khomeini and the Kufr of the Shias. The Kufr of Khomeini and the Shias. 
So remember that he writes in Kashful Asra, that's the reference I was looking for. In day he writes, Khomeini writes, they say, now Omar is non-Muslim. So you call these people Muslim, 100% kuffar. If you get married to them, you are living in sin and all your children are illegitimate. That is our fatwa and you can quote it anywhere in the world. When it's uh, 14 minutes uh, to 12, Ustada, are you there with me? Ustada, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Gee, we still here in Ispingo Beach and the weather is perfect here. Yeah. So Allah Ta'ala take us safely there to Port Shepston, Harding and all these places where we're going to. Allah make easy for Allah. Khairun hafizah. Wa huwa arhamur rahimin. He is the best of protector. And he all might tell alone is the most merciful one to show mercy. Amin, amin, amin. So Ustad, how do I deal with in-laws? who insults me because they're jealous and envious because I come from a very wealthy family, Ustad. In a case like that, because you are the daughter-in-law, so you must say that you want to live separate. So as long as you cement your ties and relationship with your husband and your children and so forth, keep on reading Rabbana, Hablana, Min Azwajina, Wazurriyatina, Qurata Ayun. Surah chapter 25, verse 74. Oh, all might Allah grant us such spouses, such children, that are the coolness of the eyes. Remember that. And thereafter, read the Asma'ullah al-Husna, the 99 names of all might Allah abundantly, profusely. And inshallah, you read Yawadud to Yawadud. If your in-laws are really doing, we answer the questions as they are posed to us. Because sometimes people, they make mubalagha, they exaggerate and hyperbole and, you know, they eat masala and spice and all. So if really they keep on insulting you and they treat you badly and so, you don't sever ties with them. So you must just make salam, but you curtail ties with them. And then read the following to us. Chapter 29, verse 30. Chapter 29, verse 30. This is Surah Antabut, the spider, Rabbin Surni al-Qawmil Mufsideen. O Almighty Allah, Azza wa Jalla, you assist me against the mischief makers and the troublemakers. So remember, so that will be what you should do. And this was the dua, Lut alayhi salatu salam, read against the gay community and so forth and so on. Second one will be, read Surah 40, Surah 40, verse 44. وَأُفَوِّدُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ Ya Allah, my matters, my affairs, I'm handing them over to you. You are the one, the best one to take care of my matters and affairs. You are all observing what the people are doing. In the next verse, Allah says, فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا That Allah will save that person who read the above dua, the aforementioned dua, وَوَفَوِّدُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ From the plotting, planning, scheming of those other people. When things get too much, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, everybody turns against you. Maybe your husband also turns against you because his family is putting pressure on him. So then read Surah 54, verse 10. That was the dua of Noah, Nabi Nuh, alayhi salatu salam. So you read, Rabbi Anni. Maghlubun fantasir. Ya Allah, I'm overpowered, overwhelmed. You defend me. You assist me. 
chapter 54, verse 10. And then when you learn, you stay and you live in such a toxic environment and such a toxic relationship. So the worry, sorry, anxiety, everything will start taking a toll on you. So read Surah 21, verse 87. La ilaha illa anta subhanak. Inni kuntu min Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu salam read this. Whilst he was in the belly of the fish, we must read it day and night, anytime. Why? We rescued him, saved him from all the worry, sorry, and sadness of Nabi Yunus alayhi salam. But similarly, we will rescue the believers as well and give our charity. Allah will change the tables in your favor, inshaAllah, Aziz. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Somebody says that uh, my husband has absolutely no patience at all, whether he's on the road, Mufti Saab, or we go shopping or at home. He is constantly irritated if something doesn't go his way. What can I read or do to make him calm down to start? Start ta'aleem in your house and so forth and read all the verses of the Quran Sharif regarding sabr and patience and so forth. Easy one, you all know it. Invite and exhort people towards the truth. And read the ayat there. Exhort and encourage people to exercise patience. Patience means continue with the good deeds. Patience means abstain from the sins and vices. Patience means don't complain when a calamity, disaster befalls us. Mm-hmm. Allah protect us all. Always ask Allah, Allahumma inni as'alukal afiyah. <laughs> Otherwise, plural, Allahumma inna as'alukal afiyah. So the hadith in Tirmidhi, we beg of you, O Almighty Allah, Jalla safety, protection, good health, wealth, everything comes in there in the word afiyah. On this Mubarak day of Arafah in South Africa and other countries as well. So make special dua for our sister, Dr. Afia, and all our sisters in prison and unfairly, unjustly. Likewise, our brothers, 30 of them in Kitmo, Guantanamo Bay. So all might Allah releases them. All might Allah make them a means of hidayat and so forth and so on. So these are the duas you must read, inshallah. Ustad, uh, uh, let's understand uh, uh, this question. Uh, this is from overseas. It says here, uh, mother and father, Ustad, have five daughters and all are alive. Also had one son, unmarried, but passed away. Father has three brothers, two sisters, and one stepsister. All are alive, Ustad. Mother has three brothers and her mother, grandma, all are alive. One sister who has passed away. How would the shares be divided if the father passes away, Ustad? So if the husband passes away, then he is survived, remember, by his wife. So the wife will get 12.5%, one-eighth. So for the wife, 12.5%. For the five daughters, then they will get two-thirds. So now we're looking at 79, 80% plus minus. So the residue, the remainder, that if there are no parents, remember this person when he passes away, just go back there to that question and see mm-hmm. he, the, what they call father, we're calling him the husband, and father is fine also. So it depends to who we look at. If you look at the wife, he's the husband. If you look at the children, then he's the father. There are any of his parents alive, if his parents, any one of them are alive, 
then remember they must inherit one-sixth or so. And if they're not alive, then the rest of you will remain, they will go, because they don't have sons to heed the mayit, the deceased brothers, sisters, and the ratio will be two to one. So that is how you work it out. Again, 12.5% for the wife, two-thirds for the five daughters. If his parents, both of them, one of them is alive, so they will inherit, and one six, one six each. And if they're not alive, then remember that in a case like that, the siblings of the deceased will inherit, and that is brother, sister. The ratio is two to one, so there's ijma and consensus on that issue. Let's go to Marisburg, Ustad. I've been married now for about five years with two kids, a girl and a boy. However, my wife had birth-related complications after our second child such that she may not be able to conceive again, according to a gyne- uh, it says a gyne- gynecologist. Please advise what must I do, Ustad. So Allah Ta'ala bless you with a child, with one child or two children or whatever. So Alhamdulillah, make shukr on what you got. And remember that nothing is in the hands of the gynecologist or the doctor or Mawlana or Muftisab or Karisab or Hafizab. Everything is in the hands of all might Allah. Look at these two incidents in the Quran Sharif. Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam is very, very old and yet he begs all might Allah. You know Surah Yasin, chapter thirty six. So this is Surah thirty seven, Surah Safat, verse hundred, Rabbi Habli Minaswalihin. Oh beloved Allah, grant me pious offspring. Oh, Almighty Allah, grant me normal children. There must be no, you know, that uh, abnormalities and so forth and so on. And then the dua, Nabi, he made, Nabi Zakariya salam in his old age. And he said, Surah 21, verse 89, Ya Allah, do not leave me alone. And you are the best one to grant is. Allah Jalla Wala blessed him, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, that he got. So you must remember from one wife, Sayyidah Hajra radiallahu anha, Nabi Ismail alayhi salam. From the other wife, Sayyidah Sarah radiallahu anha, Nabi Ishaq alayhi salatu salam. Then Nabi Zakariya alayhi salam, Allah blessed him with Nabi Yahya alayhi salam. So leave what the doctors and them say, they don't know sometimes, they make mistakes every day. In COVID and Corona, millions of people died because of their vaccines in the world. So leave that around. We must turn to Almighty Allah, Jalla But Allah has blessed you with one or two children, so make shukr on that already. Somebody says, Ya Ustad, that uh, my brother's friend has turned into a girl, Na'uzubillah. If he dies, how shall we give him kafan? Lady kafan or man kafan, Ustad? There's no such thing that he turned into a girl and all these things. They shaitan got hold of him. They watch movies the whole time. They want to try this, try this, try this. Quran Sharif teaches us Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 119, 119, that Satan, Lucifer, shaitan, took an oath and said, that I will command them, and they will change the creation of Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala. So what happens, the guy was born Steve, and then he went for transgender business, and now he became Eve, and so forth. Now he's saying, no, my name is Jamila, my name is Fatima, my name is Aisha. <laughs> so in Islam, kullu shay'in yarju ila aslihi. 
you look at the original of the person, and the person originally was thief and a male, so then all the laws will apply. But if of Islamic law will be that is a male. But if this person said that all this is permissible, that is going for gender operation, and now he was Meda, he was Eve, and she was Eve, and then became Steve, or Steve became Eve, they consider it permissible, they all murdered straight out of the fold of Islam, then we got nothing to do with them, and they got nothing to do with us. We can't read Salatul Janazah, we can't bury them in a Muslim graveyard. All these things we can't do. We see these politicians, you must remember that. So many times they're guilty of kufr and shirk and so forth. But when they die, then people want to give so big, big messages and so forth. What a great stalwart he was. What a great person he was. But Islamically, that is a murtad out of the fall of Islam. So we must be clear that our belief structure must never be compromised and we can't apologize. Somebody says here, Ustad, that uh, what advice... Uh, would Mufti Sab give to a person who intends going for Umrah with borrowed money? The person will pay back the money uh, interest-free over a period of about six months, etc. Can the person go or should he rather wait to start? Not permissible. For what you want to take loan and all that to go for Umrah? Umrah is not compulsory. So you must worry about your own debt. You must worry about your own business. You must worry about your wife and children and so forth and so on. Just to go and show off, we went for Umrah, we did this, we did this. So today, all the intentions, if you look at it, majority of the time are, they're tainted and polluted. So therefore, we will never advise that. Yes, you got your own money, and then you go, that is fine. But you must ensure that you pay all your creditors, that, and you must ensure that you do all these things first, then you worry about Umrah and Hajj and so forth. Mm. Ustad, it's uh, 12 o'clock. Uh, any message from your side, Ustad, before we leave you? So, alhamdulillah, as I mentioned that, inshallah, I hope you, Mona Arafat, you got the list for the whole afternoon. So what I know is this. Brother Suleiman, give the list there. The Mona Arafat can read it, inshallah. No, Ustad, so I anyway, you yeah. must remember that today, between 1 and 2, the tafsir will carry on. And between 1.30 and 2 for today, that, inshallah, will be the Dua'i Khatm al-Quran. And in the afternoon, we will go to Port Shepston, and inshallah, our program day is live. Inshallah, inshallah, Aziz on Sirius FM and on Barakah Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wa Jama'ah, Riju Ansar. 7 o'clock is Isha Jamaat, so after that will be the program. And remember that, inshallah, tomorrow, Brother Junaid Khan and myself, 10 past 5, 5 so 5.10 to 5.40, so that will be 10 plus 5 to 26 will be the program for, uh, from Port Shepston. Allah, Jalla make it easy and accept it. To one and all we say, Allah that I accept from you, Allah that I accept from us. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sahaba, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jamaah.